Nightlife with Philip Clark on ABC Radio. I wonder who your best friend is. Do you even have a best mate? Or do you have a circle of close friends and not just one person who's your right-hand man or woman? Tonight we're going to explore the idea of best friendship. What does it actually mean? A best friend might be your neighbour, a school friend, someone you met at work, perhaps someone you dated, and are now best mates. That can happen. Not overwhelmingly common, I would think, but it can happen. A best friend, well, you might be only into your first year of your best friendship, but already know (laughs) that it is your best friend. Are you one of those people who has had the same best friend since kindergarten? I certainly know people who've had friends since that they met in school pretty much in the first few years of school and are still friends with them. one three hundred eight hundred triple two is the number. Give me a call. Uh, there's not much academic work that's centred around friendship. Romantic love seems to be much more of a research magnet. Same with loneliness, actually, but we do have some small bits of data here and there. In a survey on the state of happiness in Australia conducted by Ipsos in 2019, around 46% of respondents stated that their friends gave them, or could give them, some happiness. Globally, 45% of adults reported the same during the survey period. In a snapshot from the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare in 2021, data showed that pre-pandemic, among adults living alone, more than three times as many men experienced loneliness than women. And as we've discussed on the program in the past, this is pretty much the case with men. Let's talk about that a bit tonight too. If you're a man and you've got a best friend, love to hear from you. one three hundred eight hundred triple two. I don't want to focus so much on loneliness tonight because I want to explore what makes up the bonds of a good friendship, a best friendship. Do you have to have the same interests? Were you just thrown together in unusual circumstances, geography, parenthood, school? What is it anyway? It's, it can't be just love of cycling or football or uh, or having a glass of wine, is it? Is it because whenever you talk to them, they instantly get you? Is, is that it? And if you had to choose a soundtrack to your best friend or your best friendship, I wonder whether or what it would be. Yes, the wonderful Clarence Clemens, you're a friend of mine. Well, maybe it's that, or if you're a queen, it might be you're my best friend. Yeah, well, they got the tone right, didn't they? And then there was this one. Winter, spring, summer, or fall. All you have to do is call. And I'll be there. You've got a friend. It's the wonderful Carol King and you've got a friend. Well, joining us tonight to discuss this very important matter. Author Patty Miller, who her book published last year is called True Friends. And in it, she tells the stories of her friendships, the good, the bad and the ugly. 
Paddy, great to have you in. It's, and welcome to Nightlife. It's really good to be here. Great to have you with us. Which, which of those songs would you pick? Oh, the Carol King. The Ab- Carol King. Absolutely. <laughs> that, 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 it shows my age, but it's also the, oh, it was also the soundtrack to uh, meeting a particular friend in high school as oh, well. Yeah, okay. I know it's a generational thing, but I'll tell you what, it's such a great song. It has made its way through the generations too. Yeah. Also joining us tonight uh, is Anne Hollands. Uh, Anne's a psychologist and, of course, Australia's National Children's Commissioner. And um, we've talked a lot on the program over the years. Anne, good evening to you. Welcome back again. Thanks, Philip, and hello, Patty. What's, Hi, your, what's your song here, Anne? I mean, maybe it's a different oh, it's, No, it's the same one. <laughs> I just love that song, and I haven't heard it for such a long time, and I, it just warmed my heart. So thank you for playing that oh, one. It's a pleasure. We might get back to it too. Patty, in your book, you explore the kind of friendships you've, you've had in your life. I mean, Let's start with Jane. Uh, she was your first best friend and you felt, well, as a young woman from a practical farming background, you felt like Jane was the first person who looked a bit different to you, was she? Yes, yes. I was, I was 16 and um, going to boarding school for the first time. We were on a, um, a farm and didn't have any money, but I won a scholarship. And I can still remember the first time I saw her. She was, um, the, we'd Dad parked our car, and then I saw this uh, girl walking up the steps of the boarding college, and she was wearing a flowing uh, leopard print, uh, silky sort of dress. Mm. And I remember thinking she looked fabulous, but also I was terrified because I thought, does everyone look like this here? Because I didn't <laughs> that kind of kind of an outfit, and um, so and I can remember, you know, her curly brown hair and brown skin, and and all that kind of thing. Just the the immediate impression of, of somebody who looked different. But then when we um, when we started talking, um, I realised uh, very quickly that she had a kind of uh, a different approach to things, and that really came home to me within the first few days when I was telling her about my family you know, out on the farm and how in the summertime we'd lie on the grass outside um, looking at the stars and talking. And um, she said, oh, your family's amazing. And I looked at her like stunned and thought, it's only because it's so horribly hot inside the house that, that we, <laughs> we didn't, we had to lie out on the grass, you know. And But then I suddenly realised um, that it was poetic to lie out on the grass and look at the stars was poetic and, and mm. that she saw it as poetic and that that was the way that she looked at life. And I suddenly realised that that's what I thought mattered as well, that to, to look at life in that kind of way. And I think she headed me off, well, she certainly headed me off in the direction that my life has taken ever since. I think she was the person who, um, who meant, in a sense, that mm. I became a writer. Is she still with us? She is, she, but she lives in Florida now. And I, I got an email from her um, this week, and uh, she was uh, uh, talking about when she was coming back to Australia again. Mm. She used to come back very regularly because um, uh, her mother and family lived here, but when her mother died, she um, she stopped coming back regularly. So I haven't seen her for a few years now. But um, when we connect, it's, it's... It's still okay. Yeah, it's still there. Hey, we can be drawn to people who have the same worldview as us, though, but and similar interests. You say those friendships can often be intense too. 
with people who have the same world. Yeah. Oh yes, I, I think they are. I, I I think they are the most intense, and I think it was intense with Jane because she awoke that particular yeah. kind of perception that was coming there. Because I read all the time anyway, and so that was like meeting someone in a book when I met her. Mm. But I think all the most intense friendships are the ones where you actually do. Um, have the same, not exactly the same worldview, but you understand each other's perception of things. You get it straight away. You light up. And there's actually um, uh, been some neuroscience, neuroscience of friendship, new area of study. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and it t- turns out that when you're talking to a friend, your neural pathways light up in the same way um, in each other, um, even... Um, if you're talking about the same topic with someone who's not a friend, it doesn't light up in the same way. So you actually do, you actually literally are on the same wavelength. Yeah, everyone who's listening who's got a best friend and give us a call, one three hundred eight hundred triple two would know exactly what you're saying in that sense. Uh, and there's been more research about romantic love than friendship, hasn't there? Mm-hmm. A lot more written about uh, marriages and uh romantic relationships, as you say, but also about uh, parent-child relationships, for example. Um, Much, much less about friendships. So I think that uh, friend friend relationships or friendships um, are very underrated, actually. Mm. We we tend to think they're not as important, uh, that we focus much more on the family. Uh, But I think that they're, they're important in very special ways as Patty's just been describing and and you know I think friendships particularly ones that endure over um, a long time but even more short-term ones they're important because they can actually be a bit of a buffer against the emotional sort of turmoil and messiness that happens within the family so you know you if you've got someone outside of the family that can help to sort of um kind of, you know, correct you, like a rebalance you (laughs) again, because it's much more emotional within the family. I think, do you know what I mean? It's sort of... Well, you're you're stuck stuck with your family, aren't you? I mean, you can choose choose your friends, but you you can't choose your family. No, but also you sort of, your investment in it is is so so deep-rooted and the capacity to be hurt is so much greater when it's when it's a family relationship. Of course, you can get hurt in friendships as well. But I, my, I think uh, I think many people find that that outside friendship is the one that can help them stay sane when things are going uh, pretty crazy within their family. Mm. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's right. Let's let's take a call or two. Um, Rogers on on the road. G'day, Rog. Yeah, mate. How are you? Not bad. You've had. You've had a best mate since seven. Yeah, since I was seven years old. Uh, I, um, I still have a mate. His name's Kevin. Yeah. He's been a really good bloke. And we've still kept in touch and still still mates. And we know where, where each other are. And uh, we... Uh, How old are you now, Roger? I'm 57. Okay. That's not bad. Fifty. So you're in your you're in your golden year of friendship. Sorry, what is that? You got your golden year of friendship. You've been friend, friends for fifty years. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah really good mates. Longer than my marriage. <laughs> 
Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks, Rog. I mean, that can happen too, can't it, Dan? I mean, sometimes friendships get, although they're not prioritised in the same way that romantic love is, sometimes when things go pear-shaped in, in marriages and relationships, people Absolutely. really rely yeah. on friendship. And they think these are the real things in my life as opposed to these others. <laughs> Well, totally. In fact, in fact, I'm in a similar position to Roger in that mm. um, probably my best friend is someone from the, you know, 50 years ago. Mm. And um, but we weren't always like through those five decades, not always that close. And uh, and as you know, things happen. You know, you you get married, you get you, sometimes you get divorced, and you know things come and go in your life those friendships can um, have particular resonance for you at certain phases of your life if they endure for as long as that. Mm. So, you know, I think it's and, – and and I think the sort of you, – as you were in your intro talking about what a best friend could be, I think it, it's really horses for courses. I mean, some people could think – could feel that a best friend is someone they really like playing golf with for example, something at that level who who you don't actually have to talk much but you enjoy something doing something together. That's an, inter- or- that, that's an interesting thing though, isn't it? I mean, Patty, I'll bring you in here on this too because I think some – I often wonder about those kinds of friendships too. I mean, I've, I certainly have them and, I, you know, I know people I do certain things with them yeah. and, 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 you know, sometimes you think, yeah, is, is this is, – is this a – a friendship or is it an acquaintanceship or what is it? Yes, I mean, I consider that a kind of um, what I call a geographical friendship in that it depends on a set of circumstances. It's conditional, you know, that, that you that you are in the same vicinity or that you are parents together or you work in the same place. And when, when that shifts, when one of those things shifts, uh, it's awkward. It's, it's, it's actually was based on something that wasn't very fundamental to you. And that's why there's some particular friends like Anne was saying from 50 years ago, it doesn't matter if you if you see them, you know, um, haven't seen them for five years, because it was actually based on something much deeper than just circumstance or conditions, you know. And, and I think that to me is is um, a lasting friendship. Is it although, Anne, just back to you on this, I wonder whether mm. that kind of friendship of circumstance you know, can last a long time and also be important to you. So, like, in other words, if you if it's just someone you play golf with, for example, you might do that for a very long time and actually quite value that in the sense that that's really and you know you talk about stuff a bit, but maybe not everything. I, yeah. And that that friendship can be something that you really find quite solid in your life in the sense that you think you know that's 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 a a rock. It's always there, and it's something I can rely on. I agree because it's it's really up to you what you determine as being your you know best friend or a good friend or whatever that may be exactly what you need that outlet that someone who you know you just send them a text and you say you want a game of golf you're on sort of thing whereas other people need something much deeper and long and sort of more uh, I guess more richer in its sort of um, you know, like more meaty. Some people need that much more, but that's a personality difference, I think. So I don't think we should sort of look on the outside and judge what someone else's different definition is. Is it the right definition or not? I think it's it's highly individual. Mm. Yeah, no, fair enough. Barbara from Aladala. Hi, Barb. Hi, Philip. How are you? I'm really well, Barb. Yeah, you've. You're, no. Tell me about your I'm- bestie. Well, my very best friend has been in a 
for 70 years, just on 70 years. You're kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, for 70 years. I'm, uh, I'm 86 now. Yeah. And my friend, uh, I won't mention names, but uh, we like sisters. And she's 88 now. And we, we became very, very good friends from about 17. I think I was about 17 and she was 19. And Where did we you meet? To, Where'd you meet, Barbara? Um, at uh, Sale in Victoria, mm-hmm. That's in at, at school? No, no. Um, I was working and um, I'd had a, a very best friend who'd found herself a boyfriend and I thought, oh, I'm on my own. And because I'm an only child and this friend of mine, she was an only child. And, and my mother said to me one day, there's a very nice girl over there in the haberdashery shop. Why don't you go and see if she'll go out with you? Goes, <laughs> would go somewhere or not. You can't just walk up to somebody and say, you know, do you want to do this? Anyhow, I did pluck up the courage one day and I went over and, and uh, we started going to every Saturday night there was always a dance. And, of course, in, in sale there was a big Air Force contingency and, and um, I eventually met who was to be my husband and then Margaret, oh, she never ever married and and um, she's travelled the world and I had children but we ring one another every Saturday morning. Oh, really? What time? Is there a time, Barbara, you ring? Nine o'clock every Saturday morning. Oh, wow. And we always ring one another and how are you going and... You know, what do you, you talk about? Oh, well, she said, I don't know that I've got too much to talk about today. I haven't done very much today. But an hour later, we're still on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> but in saying that too, where I live here, I've got a very lovely circle of friends here. Mm. Um, um, a group of my friends, um, there's about seven of us, and we've all lost children. Oh, no. And we've sort of, we've been friends for a long time, but we've all lost children, and it's amazing. Mm. We don't sort of, you know, talk about it all the time, but sometimes, you know, you might be feeling a bit down and and you might, might want to talk to somebody about it, but I've got a wonderful circle of friends, and you were talking about a song. What is a song that, you sort of think, um, and I think, you know, keep smiling, keep shining, knowing you can always count on me. That's what friends are for. Yeah. Do you know that song? I do, Barbara, yeah. I do. Yeah, I do. yeah. And, um, yeah. and um, it's wonderful to have a group of friends, you know. Actually, uh, anybody that I know from here that might be listening, I'm going into hospital tomorrow to have my hip done. Well, today they've all been on the phone. No, you okay, you okay, Barb? Oh, yes, oh, yes, I'm a bit nervous. but <laughs> <laughs> And that's what I'm saying. That's what friends are for, I think. That's but, beautifully said, Barbara. Yeah. Best of luck with your operation, Barbara. And oh, I'll be fine. I'm sure yeah, I'll come we, out the other course side. <laughs> you'll come out, you'll come out fe- fe- yeah. feeling 15 but, again. You watch. But as I said, my friend of 70 years, um, we're sisters. We call one another sisters nice. because neither of us have had any brothers or sisters mm. and 70 years down the track. It's Lovely. amazing. Yes. Thanks, Barb. Thank you. Good on okay, you. Okay, bye. bye. That's a great story, isn't it, Patty? I love that. Yeah. I have a friend who's also a, a, an only child, and she said the same. She said that sometimes she feels like she might be a bit much because her friends are her family. They're yeah. so important mm. to her. 
Yes, that's true. But you you often, I mean, you would get this, Anne, over the years, wouldn't you? This idea that that people think their friendships are more important than their family. They can't leave the family behind. I mean, because you, you, you're in it, you're in it, you're stuck with it and you've got to deal with it. But people often think maybe their friendships are more important, do you think? Uh, yes, some of them do. Yes, some of them do. And look, I think out of Barb's story, which was just lovely, mm. one of the things I picked up was that these new newer friends, she has something very special in common with them. That experience of losing a child, um, you know, sometimes uh, friends friendships are really rooted in something that's quite a, a unique experience in some ways, one that you can't explain to people. You almost have to go through it yourself. It's so deep. Mm. And she's she's she just by chance has found these people who have gone through a similar set of experiences and that can be very important because, yeah. you know, it, it's when you have to explain yourself all the time to people, that can make it hard work and, and good friendships really shouldn't be hard work, I think. No, they should. They should never be hard work. In contrast to relationships, perhaps. Bianca, yes. <laughs> Bianca from Cradle Mountain in Tassie says, "Phil, I was born with the best friend, my identical twin sister Megan." Yeah, no, that's a beautiful uh. thing too. Andy from Gatton says, "Phil, I married my best friend. I'm just saying, friend. <laughs> I like this. Friends just get you, and if it leads mm. to something else, the mutuality just gets stronger." I like that. That this idea, mm. Patty. Do you, that's does that gel with you? Friends, a- friends just get you. That yes, you friends... don't feel as though you need to, you know, be on show. They, yes, they, they get yes. You. you don't. You don't have to perform for them. Um, you're probably not going to throw up on them either. But but you can just be yourself. You can be the wide range of things. I often say to people, you know, when I'm talking about writing classes, that you need uh, like maybe write it as if you're talking to your best friend, mm. because. You know, you don't have to show off to your best friend. You don't have to impress them. They already like you. You can be really natural with them. You can be clever and entertaining if you want to be, um, but you can also be dull if you feel like it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and just gossip. <laughs> or you can, or you can talk about the shoes you just bought. So I think it's, you know, that that feeling of ease. Um, but I'd also like to, to, you know, to say that I also, I think my partner is my best friend as well. So mm. it's it's uh, a, a kind of, and I'm wondering if people have a partner who is a best friend, maybe they don't have um, another best friend. Because when I think about it, I don't think in terms of best friends. I think in terms of friends that I have different kinds of relationships with. Mm. And, and some of them are just uh, uh, like work relationships or people that I meet at the gym mm. or um people who were the parents of my my kids' um, friends, that kind of thing. So there's a really wide range of friendships mm. that I have. I wouldn't mm. call any of them best. What, and would you, would you say it's always the case that in a, in a good relationship that the person would describe that person as their best friend? Mm. Not, they wouldn't necessarily use those words, but I think that what we understand about uh, relationships that endure, marriages that endure, mm. they often have these same qualities within them that we're talking about tonight. That's uh, often that you feel that the other person understands you, they get you, that uh, you, so you feel really understood and really accepted, you're able to have fun together. Uh, you know, those sorts of qualities, you have similar values, a similar take on life. 
you know, these are the sorts of things that people will often say they share with their uh, long-term romantic partner, uh, that even though they might not use that, that term best friend. Mm. Yep. Diane, uh, sorry, Diane, you've been waiting on there a bit. Sorry, sorry about that. Uh, you've had a best mate since you were 11. Oh, hello. Yes. I, I won't name it. Anyway, yeah. that was at school. Mm. How old are you now, uh, Diane? Or oh, roughly how old are you now? 76. Okay. That's not bad. 66 no. years of friendship, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but the, the, there was a rift, but I would emphasise that um, coming back together um, didn't have – I never asked her what was wrong, why it happened, nothing. We didn't have to. Right. I think Do you know why it happened, some... though? Oh, yeah, I got a pretty good idea. Okay. Idea. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. It yeah, doesn't no, matter. No. It don't just worry. doesn't matter because friends don't have to explain it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I emphasise that, and and also we. Um, I tried to make notes. I kept thinking of things. Um, uh, like you can be yourself. They know what you're thinking. She knows me better than I know myself, and she accepts me. You know, it's just um, she's my yeah, my buddy. Yeah, nicely said. Thanks, Diane. Mm-hmm. Nicely said. And back to you on that one. That's an interesting point that Diane makes there, though, that she's said in relation to the riff. And I, you know, I wasn't going to interrupt her privacy at all by delving into that. But in a sense, is that a difference between friendship and 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 relationships? That that you know, you don't have to do as much explaining because we we've mm. talked a lot about in broken relationships how you've just got to talk. You just have to. Mm. And you do need to resolve your conflicts. Yeah. You can't just walk away, you know. And that's and it can get very sort of um, uh, stressful and messy. And you know that you know that those relationships, the uh, love relationships, are a lot more intense in that way. Something I've been thinking about though with these callers, uh, Philip, hmm. and they've all mentioned they made friends at school. I've been watching my little grandkids. I've got two little grandchildren that have um, you know, started school and preschool and watching them learn how to make friends outside of the family. And and that's such a fascinating thing because, you know, that's the a key thing for feeling comfortable and feeling you belong at school is having at least one friend and unfortunately some kids just uh, find it very hard to make friends so this these are very important social emotional skills that we we really develop very early on in life Mm. but they're hugely important throughout our lives we kind of underestimate that whole what happens in those early years as kids but listening to these callers these call they made these friends at that age, and these friends have endured. And I, I think there are some very important um, things we, need, as parents and grandparents, we can observe in our kids, and we can sort of really try to, um, you know, provide some scaffolding for them to make those friendships, to learn how to be a friend, learn how to manage conflict, and learn how to not always be the dominant one. You know, those sorts of things can really help us um, build friendships uh, in those early years. Yeah, I think that's right. Des from Warragul. G'day, Des. Hi, how are you? Hi, thanks for waiting on. Yeah. You, uh, you've, you, you met your best mate in what, 1950? In what? 1950, West, when my family moved um, to Warragul West, yeah. I met him at school yeah. and found out he was on the next farm. Mm-hmm. And we've been friends since May 1950. <laughs> he was best man 
at my wife and my wedding 55 years ago. Yeah. We see each other probably two or three times a week still. Still? And still have the same interests in farming, etc. Oh, that's fantastic. And uh, never, there has never been a crossword between us in all those years. Is that right? Come on, be honest here, Des. You've never had, a, never had, a, you've never had, a, had an argument? No, never had an argument. Hey. Never. <laughs> Good on and you. We, and we're both interested in, in politics and that sort of thing, but never yeah. had an argument. Discussions, but never an argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't mind. I mean, you know, as you probably am aware on the program, I don't mind an argument. <laughs> I mean, there can be there are arguments and there are arguments, aren't there, Des? I mean, yeah, there is. That's yeah, true. Yeah, good on you. That's a lovely story. Thank you. One three hundred eight hundred triple two. There you go, Paddy. <laughs> I think he wins the longevity one. I think he wins one. the longevity one. Oh, he definitely <laughs> wins it. Yes, and 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 amiability as well. Yeah, that there's yeah. never a crossword. Yeah, yes. Is is that an important? Do you think that's an an important feature of friendship? Because I mean, romantic love, of course, often has turbulence, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, yes. I, I I think that from um the over the last year, like since our true friends have have come out, I've actually. I uh, had heard so many stories from people um, about uh, conflict with their friends and break up with their friends, and and I and a number of them have said that it's hurt just as much as a romantic mm. um, breakup. So I'm sort of wondering if it's just not talked about very much because there's no cultural context for it. There's there's ha- there's hardly any poetry or movies mm. or. Um, or novels, or anything that are really about friendship. There's only there's only a handful compared to the ones about romance and marriages. And so I'm thinking that maybe people keep quiet about their friendship breakups because mm. it feels a bit shameful to have lost a friend, you know. And and I think that I would say that actually it is important to learn to talk about the issues in friendship because usually um, they're kind of kept quiet about until suddenly something blows up and Mm. it's the end of a friendship or more usually uh, people just stop responding you know yeah and what do you think about this because i I, i'm sure you know i mean i've i've got friends who i you know i'm I'm terribly neglectful and don't contact for some cases for a year or more (laughs) but Mm -hmm. but when i do it's still fine (laughs) it's still fine well, do we have to again, water, do we have to water friendships as much as we have to water romance? Well, again, it's an individual thing. Some people, some people will need you to water the friendship with them, <laughs> mm. um, but others will be fine with the fact that you, you know, you just sort of come in and out of it uh, as you both need. Uh, and and you know, I don't think there's any rules about that. And I I agree that some people will feel very hurt. And, uh, you know, if it is actually a breakup, you know, if there's a disagreement or a, a misunderstanding or something that leads to an alienation, that can be very hurtful. Uh, but that's different to sort of the comings and goings where you recognise that sort of life intervenes and family intervenes. and But, you know, you'll, you'll kind of find each other again down the track. Mm. You'll love this one. Adam's just texted me saying, my best friend of 28 years recently said, if we don't sleep together, we'll never break up. <laughs> and, I, and I know she's right. I've watched her three children grow up, which is the greatest privilege she gave me. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Yes, and we haven't talked about that either, you know, about friendships between men and women. Mm. Are they – well, talk to, tell me about it, Patty. Is it, is it? Do you think they are 
are they are they more intense? Are they different? Yes, I've I've thought a lot about it because in the earlier draft of True Friends, mm. I actually wrote about my male friends as well, mm. but all my editors um, kept on saying you've got to cut them. Um, and I kept defending them, saying that they needed to be in there. But they ended up saying they actually feel different, you know. And when I looked at them, I realised that my friendships were with men were more inclined to be at the level of ideas, talking mm. about ideas. They weren't really at the emotional level, mm -hmm. you know. I wouldn't talk about uh, sort of very personal bodily things that I might talk mm -hmm. about with other women or the ins and outs of um, emotional relationships, but we would love to talk about uh, abstract ideas or political ideas or literary ideas, that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. I'm thinking that maybe the editors were right, that, that the relationships I have with men are more mind relationships they're not so much of the messy yeah. kind of stuff. What of do you life. think about that, Anne? Is that a distinction you'd make? Yeah, I can sort of understand that, uh, and but again, I think that happens to be that way. In the in, I, I would argue for in Patty's case, a distinction between men and women. Um, mm. I probably I would I would say I have some female relationships where they're more mind relationships as well. That's true. Uh, yeah. So you know, it's just a different style of personality um and and, uh, and 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 again as we've said all, all all night that we we have friendships where we do different things with those friends or experience them differently or or need them in different ways and that's absolutely fine they're just different types of friendships mm. yes i'd agree with that too actually because there's there's some friends i talk with that i wouldn't know anything about their romantic lives because we're always talking about ideas and there's other friends that's all we talk about is yes. sort, of, <laughs> sort of romantic and emotional <laughs> life so yeah yeah i think you're right yeah, interesting Fra um francis from Bundaberg. g'day francis Oh, hello. What a wonderfully interesting subject you've brought on tonight, yes. You've got, you've got a friend in England who, for yes. how long? Yes, indeed. And we have known each other for 78 years. <laughs> I think you yes, win. Since, I think you win, Francis. <laughs> since, since we were 12 years old at school together. Wow. And, you know, we've come through all life's different um, scenes, as it were. And uh, sadly, we both lost our dear husband that we were so very fond of. So we understand all that sort of thing too. And um, we we keep in touch by letter or telephone. Right. Uh, How but, often would you keep, yeah. would you be in touch, friend? I beg your pardon. How often would you be in touch? Oh well, regularly, of course, at, at the birthdays and Christmas and all those sort of things, naturally. But then um, I would write to her, and, and she would write back, you know. And if anything in particular crops up, but we can discuss anything. And I think it's the most wonderfully valuable relationship that you can imagine, really, mm. other than the, the intense love between husband and wife, which I was I was fortunate enough to have a wonderful husband. Uh, as well, you know, and also when your loved one has died, it's very comforting to have that very dear friend, uh, mm. you know, in the background, as it mm. were. Mm. But um, yeah, that's enough. That's them. Thank you. Thank you for sharing thank that. With, thanks for sharing. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for sharing it with us, Francis. Yeah, lovely. Um, Jenny from Glenbrook. G'day, Jen. Hi. Hello. How are you? Pretty good. That's good. Um, 
Yes, friends, it's a wonderful topic and um, I agree on all the information and that everyone's been telling us. Um, I've always had a best friend ever since I started school. Um, I found that friendships for me, like that close best friend, was something to help me Mm -hmm. um, gain self-esteem and grow. And I was very shy and later in life I realised I had social anxiety. So friendships really do work for me. I need to have a a close friend and... um, and saying that um, through work, through my children's school days, um, and I have a big circle of friends. They're all different little groups, but um, very close to me. Um, we share a lot. I think you need to um, have that understanding, that connection, um, sincerity, and all those things to, to keep that bond going for many years. I've had some long friendships. Sorry, I'm a little bit nervous. Um Yes, but um, yeah, I just think it's a wonderful thing to share friends and and different interests with different friends. You know what I mean? Like you might have. Um, yeah, I do know what you mean. Yeah. Yes, like friends. You know, like my friends that my children went to school with. There's um, six of us, and we have a great bond. We go on trips away. We have dinners. We laugh a lot, and you know, we share so many, um, you know ups and downs of life together and we have a great connection and then even my partner that we reconnected later in life he is my my best friend we um we're just compatible and you know we share and complement each other so yeah there's so many different types of friendships that are very important throughout your life so Yes. Um, well, yeah, Jan, you've done very, you've done very well. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, <laughs> no, I'm no. probably babbling. No, but, yeah, you I'm have trying not... to get out. Yeah, trying to get it all out. Yeah, you but haven't, um... you haven't babbled in the slightest. Thanks, Jenny. Yeah, appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, Thank okay. You. Thank you so Bye. much. I enjoy your show. Thank you. Thank Bye. You. Bye. Yeah. Sorry, Patty. Um, yeah, I'm just wondering, you know, if, if uh, when people used to stay in the same place for most of their lives, so they were able to stay friends naturally and easily with each other, and, and then it um, became more difficult as people started spreading around. But then again, you know, two or three years ago, it changed again because of COVID, and, mm. and people were mm. actually contacting each other on Zoom. I know that I made much more effort to actually talk to people because I needed to, because I was stuck at home. Mm. So I think maybe there's been a shift back to valuing and cultivating friendships um, that has been very recent and hopefully will keep on being maintained. Mm. And do you think that it's important that friends challenge you at all? Or is it really that friends should just always support you? That's the whole point. Well, uh, funny you should ask that because I was just thinking about what is it that we learn from our friendships? Mm. You know, is there something to learn? And and do they sort of sandpaper out us a little bit at times <laughs> yeah. through by challenging and so on? And and I think it's inevitable every relationship will do that, uh, have that effect to some degree. And and if we're open to it, we we can learn about ourselves. I do I do think though that we possibly some, we don't allow some friendships to challenge us very much. Mm. And and perhaps it's more these deeper, longer ones that we've we've carried, if we've been lucky, had for, for many years, like some of the callers, we potentially allow them more scope, almost as if they're family members, 
I don't know, you know, I'd be interested to hear what Patty thinks about this too. Whereas some of those more recent friendships may be a bit more contingent on um, being nice to each other, you know yes, what I mean? Or, yes. or being a bit light, more light touch rather than sort of heavy drilling beneath the surface, which might yeah. get a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> yes, no, I, I was thinking about that as, as well because I think that there are some particular personality types which will only allow you, uh, um, they only want support. They don't want to be questioned. They don't want alternatives. They they don't want to be challenged. And I'm I'm speaking very personally here <laughs> about a particular issue where mm. where somebody only wanted um, support and didn't want alternative questions and and felt that I was undermining her because I was asking questions. So mm. I think it's personality types. You know that that's that some of us um, are are happy to be challenged. And, and some of us just want to be affirmed. Mm. Yes, that's probably, that is probably right. Um, Janine from Newcastle. Hello, Janine. Good, good, good evening, Phil. Thank you. It's a wonderful program. Thank you. Um, I was in the Greater Migrant Camp for quite a while. Oh, yeah. My parents, parents came through the war. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, I formed a lot of wonderful, wonderful, beautiful friendships still in contact with them or we've had quite a lot of reunions and the old post office in Greta, which is now a museum for the Greta migrant camp. Mm -hmm. There's also a Facebook. My sister does a lot of input into that. But Christina, my closest friend, we're having our 73rd birthdays this year and we we lived opposite each other from the time we were three years old. (laughs) And we still see each other. She's at Morpeth. I'm in Newcastle right near the beach and she comes and spends a lot of time with me. I'll go and then my sister will often come in. We'll do a lot of the Polish cooking and, and it's just absolutely wonderful because like while we were there, our, our parents certainly t- taught us resilience, kindness and caring. Yeah. And through that time, Phil, it just seemed that even though we were from all different nationalities, we all got on and there was always uh, someone to go and play with, something to do. And and it was, it was, even though we were poor and humble, it was a wonderful time and it taught me a lot. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Janine. That's great. Yeah. That's, that's, that's uh, adversity can can throw friends together, can't, can't it, Patty? Oh, I, I, I think so. I mean, I think about an, um, the kind of uh, the idea of, uh, particularly for men, when they've been through something li- like war and, uh, and the woman who rang up before where mm. each of them had lost a child. And I think when you've been through something intense in that way, um, as, as Anne said, you don't have to explain it to them. They get it, you know, yeah. and, and I think that that's that's an extraordinary thing. And I've seen that happen because I give um, also give uh, memoir writing classes, and I see that people when they've been through the same intense experience, they have an immediate bond with each other, and mm. and it's and it's a bond that lasts. Mm. Yeah, yeah. One three hundred eight hundred triple two is the number. Kathy from Port Macquarie, uh, you've been friends for seventy six years, Kathy. Yes, we are. I started school at four. Yeah. Mum couldn't get rid of me fast enough. <laughs> and, um, yes, and we've been friends ever since. We went right through primary school, high school, worked at the same company and both got engaged the same year. <laughs> um, my husband and I got married and her fiancé was our best, our groomsman, 
the following week they got married and I was their bridesmaid. (laughs) And we've followed right through all the years working, like I'm now in Australia, she's in New Zealand, but the contact's still there and we're blessed to have messenger and easy phone calls nowadays that we can keep that contact up on a monthly basis normally. Mm. And I go over there yearly and it's just like you've seen each other the day before. Lovely. Thank you, Kathy. Yes. Kathy, is it <laughs> is it harder, Patty, when you get older to make friends? Do you think we've talked about this on in the program before? A lot yeah. of people think it is. Yes, I'm 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 sort of wondering about that um, because uh, I live in um, in this um, in a city and uh, there's a lot of people, but it's actually quite hard in a way to meet people, mm. you know, and and to meet them in a regular way. And um, so I've been thinking about that because I realise that the friends I have are the friends that I've had for a long time. Yeah, yeah. They're, not, mm. um, they're not really new friends. I'm open to making new friends. I have made uh, new friends in the last um, 15 or 20 years, but that's actually from uh, going to um, – Paris every year to do a workshop and I've met people there that I am friends with so but it's kind of weird um having friends on the other side of the world that you only see once a year year. yeah Mm. and you have this really intense time with them and then it's over again so Mm. so I mean they're kind of like a golfing friend they they? are a bit (laughs) in a way except that they're writing bookish friends you know (laughs) that that kind of thing but but I, I I think it I I actually do think it's harder but maybe that's just maybe I'm a bit shy as well, so maybe that's part mm, of it too. Mm. It's been a marvellous conversation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and Hollands, uh, who is the psychologist in Australia's National Children's Commissioner, and thank you for that. Oh, no, my pleasure. I've been grinning the whole hour. <laughs> it's been and, fun, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's been such a so delightful to hear everybody's stories. I feel very very warm after this and uh, I've got sore, a sore jaw from smiling so much. So thank you. Thank you, Philip. Thanks, Anne. It was lovely yeah. to meet you, Anne. <laughs> yeah. And thank you to, uh, to author Patty Miller too, True Friends, published last year. On you, Patty. I promise I'll play you. your favourite song and here it is. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. You've been listening to a Nightlife podcast. For more great conversations about the issues that impact you, as well as features on travel and food, head to the Nightlife webpage. You'll find it at abc.net.au slash nightlife. You don't need to be a night owl to enjoy the nightlife.